0: Sure.
1: Again, everybody, welcome to Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of New Jersey, pork rolls, being Italian-American. Today's guest is the wonderful Rachel Del Rocco. Met her some time ago when she was residing in Austin, Texas, working at Fino. She was working at Midnight Cowboy. And the thing is, she's not even 30 yet. And she's managed to be one of the biggest influencers in the Houston market and in Texas in general. And I can't wait to see what kinds of things come from Rachel in the future. But I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Rachel Del Rocco. He's
2: walking. I <laughs> was it,
1: Was it uh those streets are pretty treacherous.
2: They are pretty bad. Yeah. They're pretty bad. We had like an Airbnb down. In some back road, and the road was just awful. And I twisted both ankles and fell, and God. and I just, it just was immediately swollen and turned
1: blue and all that.
2: Turned green, green? Oh, a green lovely shade of green. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, of course, was like, whatever, it's got to be Power sprained it, or something, right? and it'll be fine. And I flew home, and then I had to fly to New Jersey, flew to New Jersey, flew back. Worked on it for four or five days. Oh my! And it just God. got worse and worse. And it was actually Francisco who was like, eh, "This doesn't look very good." So
1: <laughs> it's green. Your skin it's is green. green it was
2: black. It turned black. And finally, he was oh, like, no. "Okay, it's time to take you to." to the you were hospital. working on it. I was working on it. Yeah. How much did that hurt? I wrapped it up and just braced it and and limped a lot and yeah,
1: sucked it up. I guess.
2: Yeah, I just. Did you suspect it about was it. broken? No, I did, I was. I just didn't think that that could ever happen. Really, <laughs> I've never broken a bone. I'm, I've never I've done anything. I'm a. I'm a doctor. Yeah. I know what I'm talking I'm about. I'm
1: impervious to injury. <laughs> I think that's what we all think when we're younger. I think
2: so. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I went to the hospital. I had surgery, and I was off it for three months. What did and they have so to do via I have surgery? I had some plates and screws i have four screws on a plate really because i i broke not to get all technical here no, but no, i please. broke my fibula okay diagonally oh, so geez. it was right and right in the most sensitive spot of the bone uh-huh. so they had to put it back together in order for it to heal in the right way so screws so four screws and a plate yeah do they take those out metal i i can if it's optional can
1: you feel the screws in yes. your ankle yeah you
2: can feel it do you, yeah you can you want to you no i don't them. want to
1: feel it i'm asking if you could <laughs> pretty cool um <laughs> it's like some frankenstein shit yeah. you know uh
2: yeah so yeah you can feel them the scar is pretty gnarly wow. i feel like i have some more wounds i feel good about it now
1: does it make it stronger when you would like try I to kick so. people now yeah. it's,
2: you've got so screws if I do it in, in the ankle. right way i could probably have a little force behind it i want to <laughs> But yeah, I actually just started walking again two weeks ago. That's it. So it was three months off of it.
1: How difficult is that being? Because you were still working, so right?
2: I worked. I had a peg leg. You had a pe- really I had a peg leg. Like, they have these. Lieutenant fancy, Dan? Yeah, they have the yeah, right now, which, <laughs> I wish I could be as cool. Um, but you strap it. You like kick your leg back like uh-huh. those scooters, but right, instead right. of a, a wheels, they have like a, a crutch. So it does. Kind of look so a little pirate. Ninety degree angle on yes. the.
1: How do you prevent yourself from like dragging it since there's not a wheel?
2: You actually kind of have to lift it up and walk. Really? Like a like yeah.
1: Are your quads like really strong? My now? one
2: is. My last one. Is <laughs> it's awesome. like one of those things where
1: it's like a massive. Yeah. It's massive, and the other one just no. Gets it doors. really
2: is. It's pretty, and it's very obvious. Oh my gosh, that's so yes. funny. So. I did that for like two months. That's insane. Yeah. How
1: does it feel to finally be off the awesome.
2: peg leg? It feels leg? amazing. I am like, I, I have a brand new lot on life. Yeah. I am like, going to the grocery store, that's awesome. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. Yeah. I'll run errands. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: we do take a lot of things for, for granted. I mean, yeah. I take my ankles for granted every day.
2: It, it is you realize how much you cannot do, like the the amount of things that you can't. Do. I couldn't drive too because it was my right. So oh no, so how did you get around? What Francisco was my chauffeur when yeah. he was in town, and a lot of Uber.
1: Uber's good. At least I that's... even
2: I even had the same driver once. Really, he, like drove me and recognized me and
1: you guys develop like a nice yeah. kind of friendship? Yeah,
2: it was great. He like hugged me goodbye and was so happy that I was better because <laughs> <laughs> the like, time before hey, he had seen you had a me, peg leg. yeah.
1: <laughs> Much improved. Yeah,
2: so I created good relationships. Yeah, and it,
1: so you made the best of it.
2: I did the best of it. I actually I started a new job in Houston mm-hmm. and I did it about two months in, and uh, I actually spent more time on the peg leg than I did on my two feet really job so far so So, now
1: now though going forward i'm good two three months in it's about even yeah
2: exactly now i'm (laughs) kind of creeping up on my time
1: (laughs) people come in and say where's the peg leg (laughs) well no that's me yes
2: that's what happened for a really long time i think i mean i i mean i should give my regulars my new regulars a little bit more credit but for a (laughs) while it was just kind of i think people Got to know me as the one on the peg leg.
1: It's like Les Mis or something, (laughs) like that that tavern, and everybody's all like, "Real, yeah, got wooden legs and shit."
2: Yeah, yeah. That's good, but there's something uh, novel about it. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it probably allowed a lot of conversations and relationships to begin at my new job. See, it's good in a good way. It's a conversation starter. It was absolutely a conversation (laughs) starter. And then when I got off of it, I was like, what am I going to talk to people about? (laughs) What people are not going to want to talk to me. I don't what wine.
1: I guess we can (laughs) talk about that. What about this wooden leg I've
2: got? Yeah, that was way more interesting. I was like, I'm not interesting anymore. (laughs) What
1: do I do? It's like there was this, uh, this was back years ago now, there was a guy who wrote a book about picking up women. I'm sure lots of guys have written about that. But this particular guy said he wanted to have one artifact that would make him stand out, right? So he'd mm-hmm. always wear a hat with a, like a feather or a fedora or something like that, right? And it's so it's smart. It's I mean, smart. Yeah. And then you kind of different, it's branding. It's really just branding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know it probably worked out pretty well for me in the end. So.
1: Your career has been launched forward. Yeah, of the leg.
2: I'm just gonna wear it anyway from here on <laughs> keep out. Keep that quad
1: going, you know. <laughs> just keep it pumping. <laughs> or maybe I'll use it out. on
2: the other leg. Now, to it. You can bounce it out, work out the other. Leg. You can
1: cr- You'll be able to crush Francisco. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: God. laughs> oh
0: yeah.
1: He pisses you off. Just, <laughs> oh and yeah, and that twist. thing is
2: massive and dangerous. It's still <laughs> in the back of my car. Don't want to look at it anymore, but. Well, <laughs>
1: on to better on to the next chapter but, uh, the post good. good yeah chapter.
2: yeah it was it was an interesting first start to my time in Houston but i'm looking Not forward a bad to one. i'm looking forward to uh, life on two legs for sure me
1: <laughs> too <laughs> me too yeah me too. it's great yeah wobbly life it's
2: nice yeah so the, take you know, them for granted
1: <laughs> <laughs> you do isn't it? ultimately that's the that's the whole thing right it's like you just take a lot of stuff you take your health for granted oh uh, yes you know not but you particularly but i mean it, we all yes,
2: do yes i think we all do but there's something yeah. you
1: know and this is interesting so i've had some obviously you know we met I think back in the Midnight Cowboy days, we go back yeah. there, and that's kind of what, uh, like yeah. a, the hub of a lot of the the At people the being, yeah, being people, people being launched into their careers. Yeah, it, it was, was quite just a crew. <laughs> it was an incredible crew. But yeah. the thing that that I didn't know about you, and I don't think even Bill Norris knew, was that you were from Jersey,
0: <laughs> right? Which is
1: funny because Bill was from Jersey.
2: Yes, it didn't ever occur to him. I that guess that is true. Well, that is, I remember. So my first job in Austin was at Fino, mm. and Did I you meet, is that where you met Francisco? Yes, it was.
1: You guys, I, I guess, because if I recall, the conversation touch and go. Like, didn't spend a lot of time to right to meet each other. <laughs> enough to make contact yeah
2: and stay in touch when i when i when we both moved on but yeah we i actually i he would hate i don't know if he would hate me for saying this but i trained him Mm -hmm. actually Mm -hmm. i don't know if he said that
1: he said that exact thing (laughs) and
2: he probably called me out for my things that i said about people's drink orders (laughs) or something we still joke about that for that day oh crap (laughs) um but yeah, no. I started at Fino and I remember applying and then getting an interview and walking into the bar and Bill Norris was behind the bar at Fino mm-hmm. and he asked me if I was the girl who worked at As You Like It ice cream and Bill will know what he, I'm talking about. Yeah. It was like a tiny little ice cream store on the corner of my town in New Jersey. Oh, okay. Um, very, very small, like Italian town yeah. I grew up in and uh, he grew up in the town over. No so not shit. only just from New Jersey, but we grew Close, up in the town adjacent. next to each other, wow. be it at different times. But yeah, sorry, Bill. He's real but <laughs> <laughs> he's getting uh, older as we speak. But uh, but he said that to me, and I feel like that may have had something to do with me getting hired, which I'm very thankful. <laughs> <laughs> in the end no one uh, thinks that it's jersey will yeah. do get
1: them hired for anything especially in texas exactly. you, you don't
2: you kind of feel like an outsider but i i walked in and and he was from i think nishanik station which is the town over no we, kidding we kind of we yeah i met him like as i was going in for my interview and we we talked and we've been close friends ever since yeah so. wonderful guy
1: been very uh, influential yeah. to me he's
2: personally. amazing too. Yes. Very
1: good. So, how was it growing up in Jersey? I ask that of everybody. <laughs> but what what's that like? What's it's, a growing up in Jersey like?
2: Awesome. I probably didn't think so at the time, but looking back on it, I am very appreciative, and I'm sure that's what a lot of people say. Maybe um, some
1: people hate their. their
2: oh upbringing. no! So, yeah, no. I love my. I love my small town. It 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 was was part of. It's in Central Jersey and it was a very small Italian town. Mm, okay. So I grew up with a lot of that culture. What tell me.
1: I'm pretty white. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Italian, I don't think I got any Italian going on. Maybe some European stuff, maybe Eastern <laughs> European. What do you would you say defines the Italian culture as as you saw it when you were growing up?
2: Well, Italian I I will say is different from italian American okay because I'm gonna make that differentiation because I don't think it's fair true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it it is some of the stereotypes that you see in movies and TV shows you start to realize are actually pretty true <laughs> really <laughs> or they come from somewhere, yeah um, because I grew up it was very family oriented mm. like my entire family grew up. We grew up around each other, next to each other, together all the time. Right. Cousins, second cousins. My dad had sixty first cousins. Sixty? Sixty. And that's a that's a lot there's of There's a lot them. of them. That's my grandfather lot, yes. had ten brothers and sisters, so did my grandmother. Wow. Um
1: She's trying to take over the world, it seems. Yeah,
2: right? they they were a special they They were very special. They were. Yeah. I wasn't, but um uh 'cause my dad married out of the the Catholic Italian. Oh, really? Type, which was fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. um <laughs> <laughs> But um but it was so I grew up with my my family really yeah. at the end of the day and uh, my grandfather was like the mayor of the town and oh man he it was just so such a small town everybody's Italian there's De Rosas and blah 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 and I, we had like a festa around the corner from uh, my house. What does
1: it tell me what that is.
2: Um, it's this old tradition where they take like the statue of Moses through the street. Uh, oh, maybe I've seen that yeah. in movies. movie. So we would yeah. do that in in Raritan mm-hmm. and where I where I grew up. And then the end of it was like a big party in the parking lot of the Catholic Church, and we would oh, have yeah. pizza frites with sauce and sugar and pig roasts and sausage and peppers and and rice and games oh, and, and everybody it was a big party for the town and had just bakeries, you know, you would walk downtown and you'd have bakeries with all cannolis and there's Italian food. So I grew up with the, you know, with a family that, that, Ate pasta really, and that's about it. No, I, uh,
1: <laughs> uh, I'm real envious. About so it
2: that. was. I was definitely, you know, talking about it. I was definitely embroiled in the in the Italian American yeah <laughs> culture, and it was very much just well, like family. Is there a way it's
1: I can join? I mean, blood. the cannolis, the, uh, play, the drinking, the partying,
2: uh, the pizza. I I don't. Thinks, I can't do it. Can so. I? I don't think Shit. so. You're I just all i all I keep thinking about is is are my my male cousins and uncles and they're very. I mean, my I, Francisco was just with me in New Jersey last week, mm. and I'm pretty sure that my uncle went up to him and said, "You're marrying my niece. I hope I like you," or something along those lines. And wow. it was just the first meeting, and I'm like, "Nope." Did- <laughs> <laughs>
1: I warned you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what kind of gala you gotta go yep. through, Francisco. Maybe that's why he's like, I don't know when we can get married because like, oh, it's gonna yeah. take me all this paperwork.
2: Is yeah, take it's, me. it's and he has to go through the family. This is like a second cousin that that is very important to. He's got to go through like the
1: the order, right? The order. The, the, the
2: he has to hierarchy. go through the hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And the cousins have to like. him. Um, and I mean, my brother is oh my the, gosh. the he ultimate. Him? Yes, he has how's that he, he it's working out well good. so far it's good yes is it it's older brother or okay. younger brother? he's a younger brother yeah so but he's still scary <laughs> he's a fire, he's a firefighter and oh he's, shit and he's, really he's big and and has crosses on his leg and, bulky yeah, oh man
1: i could just i you know i'm just i luckily i'm sitting pretty <laughs> You know? I'm, I'm having a good time thinking like, man, I don't know. Francisco's got a lot of hurdles to, to overcome here.
2: Uh yeah, he had a lot of hoops to go through. <laughs> Luckily he's he's done all he's done all right. Well so this brings so up far. the question.
1: So since it seems like a very insulated and protective community, right? That yes. they would they would certainly look after you. Absolutely have your back, as yes, they say. That is true. How were you even able to date? In high school?
2: I, I that's I'm gonna say that was more me. I did not date in high school.
1: What it just you didn't feel like it or I, I didn't, didn't feel like
2: it. But. Yeah, I didn't I kinda met people here and there, but I didn't I was I was kind of a I just wasn't I was so ready to get out yeah. and like move and I was like I hated high school. I was right. not a fan of high school. What it was it
1: just having to go to high school? Yeah like I
2: just it was You know, it's funny because, like I said at the time, I probably didn't think that I appreciated my small hometown, but it was very isolated, and I was ready to go off to the big city and get out. and
1: Was New York the big city at that? It was. I did move to New York,
2: but um, yeah, and so I just I kind of kept to myself. I had a couple friends that I hung out with, Mm -hmm. and you know, had my own kind of thing going on. Is it
1: now? Let me ask you: Is it that Maybe, and I, I don't know. So I, I grew up all over the place, but maybe you didn't want to fall into the trap, which is high school sweethearts, having a family with that. You know what I mean? Like, because that for a lot of people, it's that's what a trap. Happens.
2: It's my parents. But then my parents they're totally are high school fine, sweethearts. right? Yeah. And they're, but, they're sweethearts. But yeah, no, I wasn't. Yes. Makes exactly. you aware, right? It's you are like, correct.
1: Oh, shit. Well, if I even just have one lapse in judgment, I could end up pregnant
2: knocking out kids in new jersey and that's i don't want to do that And yes that's just not for me yeah
1: (laughs) but it's it's a very i think it's a very reasonable threat it happens
2: it It definitely definitely happens happens. and uh i was i had you know lofty lofty goals myself so i yeah i was ready
1: so when you got out did you were you did you ever want to do the college thing I did go to college. Okay, yes. so was that in New York? Is I that went to mean?
2: school in New York. Yes. Where'd you go? I went to Fordham University. Fordham, I've heard of it, but what, yes. what are they
1: known for? Would you say they're a Jesuit university?
2: Okay, um, and they have two campuses in New York. One is in the Bronx. I went to the one in Manhattan, and that was definitely a liberal arts kind of based school. Right, they, right. We had a lot of famous alumni in the theater department. No okay. kidding. Yeah. What was?
1: Is, were you studying theater?
2: Uh, I wanted to, but I did not end up doing that. I studied philosophy. Philosophy. Instead. Yes. So How was that?
1: What was that experience? It was like?
2: fine. It was. Um, you know, it's funny that you said that. I was actually just thinking about this earlier today. It was. Uh, it was. Great, and you know, it's funny. I. I just didn't know what I wanted to do when I yeah. was in school. I was very. Uh, I knew I wanted to learn and have an education and Mm -hmm. have a degree. That was kind of a goal of mine. But at the time, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to do all different kinds of things. Yeah, lust for life. You know, and I I studied international studies for a while and then switched to philosophy because I just wanted to learn. And I thought the material was insightful and would be helpful in life in general but also kind of it's a good springboard major to kind of go wherever you wanted to do it's yeah, very writing it's oriented logic arguments you know morality ethics sure, and i was sure. kind of like that's like the life, kind of thing that i took with me sense, right? from from my college education which i think is invaluable a lot yeah. of people don't look at it like that but that that's something that i appreciated a lot and the jesuit Education too is really cool in that. What, it, tell
1: me what that means exactly. I'm not well, a religious guy. I don't know if it, I think it's a religious. Well, thing. the new is pope
2: it? is. I think he was Jesuit. Okay. If I'm not okay. correct. So if I'm not mistaken, but it's it's a very it's Catholic based. Okay. okay. Um, but it's it leans very much towards the liberal side like of secularism of things, and stuff. of kind of tolerance and oh, okay. and part of, a lot of our education was uh, connecting with the world outside of of. The institution, yeah. um, and connecting with the world around you, and and you know having tolerance for other people, and just a, a general education. Our yeah. curriculum was huge, so we had to learn everything. So I walked away with, I think I walked away with that. I think more than anything than any kind of major Wor- I could have had. Yeah, just yeah. it definitely changed college was a very life-changing experience for was me. it, it? Was so i like <laughs> it was a lovely experience the <laughs> scope
1: is that so you i don't so you're thinking i don't want to be small town i don't want to fall into that trap that so many have fallen into before me i'm going to go to a big college fordham in manhattan and i can't i have to suspect that maybe that's where relationships and things like oh yeah yeah <laughs> It's like I, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I got I myself in a
2: trouble <laughs> from day one. <laughs> I was like, "Let loose." <laughs> yeah.
1: Why not though? You know, you're just getting out of. It, it's oh a total yeah,
2: I had I had trash. kind of kept myself a little, a little sheltered in yeah. high school, and then I got to I got to new york and i was like you know it was funny because it wasn't like a we didn't have frats we didn't have sororities and i lived in manhattan so that was kind of my campus which was interesting um but i definitely took advantage of (laughs) (laughs) you know all the things no
1: there's so much right like why not i breathe it all in
2: oh yeah you're meeting people from all over you're you know People that you didn't think existed when you were in high school. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, actually, all of my best friends um, that I have, I still have to this day, I met when I was in college. And hmm. yeah. So it was a pretty great experience. And Are like there lots I did of it.
1: ragers, as they say, at a Jesuit <laughs> yes. school? Yes. Yeah. yeah there has to be. Oh, right. yeah.
2: Yeah. I didn't know many of them because I wasn't, you know, I guess I was pretty tame. I thought I was crazy coming out of like a straight edge high school experience, yeah. <laughs> but it probably <laughs> Wait, you, wasn't that you, bad. Did you claim yourself a straight edge? When high school I was. I didn't drink at all.
1: You did, but that's what you would call yourself that? I did. That's all right. This is an I interesting I did. Theme. I was
2: very proud of myself.
1: Of being straight edge. Yeah. So, Which amazing. <laughs> is not we're all, like, we're here in our, you know, 10 years later at least. are right. You
0: know?
1: okay. <laughs> so I had a conversation last night with J.R. Mockinier, who's at Box Table. Mm-hmm. And he grew up, and one of his better friends that he, like, started working with is just a straight edge guy. And I'm like, oh, I get that. I, I was around, I was moshing with those Guys, like in the in the '90s at hardcore shows, <laughs> they're pulling knives, like all oh, this and all that. But it it, it was a, a fleeting memory because I hadn't thought about straight edge for a long time. Mm-hmm. But what was it? The this is ultimately what I'm getting at. It was it the fact that you had like control of not drinking and not smoking, or was it the music? Was it like the cultural?
2: Definitely thing? wasn't a music thing. That I didn't was part of it. For I think know, it was probably part of it. For it wasn't for me. I it was just more of claiming yourself as someone who, I guess, yes, kind of had that, had a different lifestyle, yeah. I feel like, maybe. I got
1: control. Yeah. I'm a, I, I know what's going on. I've got, yeah,
2: yeah, probably, and also just, you know, maybe it was a, I don't know, way to kind of differentiate yourself in high school yeah. when you it is, didn't it is. really You're know totally what you were right. doing yeah were
1: you doing the x's on your hands and stuff no
2: i wasn't that cool
1: man there's i was of cool not that cool oh, i
2: followed cool. around the dave matthews band <laughs> when i was in high none school none of those dave
1: matthews bands were straight edge they're so
2: <laughs> they weren't i was though i was i was that one i like i was i was hardcore dedicated
1: <laughs> so it must, have, it must have been like an amazing experience going to college i i, I mean I get what you're throwing down. A lot of of stuff moving socially in college. But that's good. It was a great experience. It
2: was good. I had my, you know, did all the, had all those experiences finally. Like,
1: you listened to a lot of Jewel.
2: That that was Uh, a lot of. I did actually. I I, did.
1: I don't want to be stereotypical, but I've never heard a a lot of people
2: listen to Jewel. Yeah, I did. I absolutely did. Yeah, a lot of those singer songwriters. Well, I wanted to be. I was, I was. Tried to do some singing and songwriting out of college and so really? i was all into the like female singer songwriter thing what do you play if you do play i or just used sing? to play guitar and piano okay and i sang and i wrote songs all the way through high school and through college, college yeah and then out of college did you perform Ah uh, no! I performed small, like smaller groups. I never actually got onto like a big stage yeah. that I could I could say. But I would perform for like little rooms of people in college. What and, happened there? And I played. I played with a, a cool little banjo player for a little while. He helped me with my songwriting. You know what happened? I started working in a restaurant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, man, that music shit doesn't make any money.
2: Yeah, I I did. I was I was in the restaurant industry, and I was I was waiting tables, thinking that I would do. Or after, or? I did it in college, and then stayed at the same place when I graduated, mm-hmm. and then thought that it would give me time to work on my music. But I ended up getting so obsessed with the restaurant stuff that I I stopped. So then I moved to Austin. Because of a friend of a friend. When did you when
1: did you move to Austin? Two
2: thousand and ten.
1: So not that long ago, really. Not that long ago. And so you moved because so you had been doing some of the service stuff and hospitality in New York. So what was the impetus then to move to Austin?
2: Well, my best friend from college, um, who I met my first day at Fordham, uh, moved. She was from San Antonio and moved to Austin. Okay. Yeah, and she had a baby and moved to Austin and I, I, I loved it down here, so I'd come visit all the time oh, really? and at the time just I was to visit her yeah or Earthling, yeah just to visit her and at the you know I was like, it's a great music town if I want to do this music thing I should I need to try something else and really I was also in, in New York and over it <laughs> were you doing <laughs> I, was tired. Stuff there too? I was not so I was more, at, the restaurant at it I was managing a tea house. Ooh. Yeah, I did that in New York. Um, I actually did not get into the beverage stuff until I moved to Austin. Really? Yeah.
1: But you. But the first site was on maybe doing, rekindling that music.
2: Yeah. Here in Austin. Yes.
1: Did you? Did you play? No, it? I didn't no, actually.
2: Really? I started getting really into the beverage stuff instead. Wow. I started spending my time like memorizing cocktails and studying wine instead of, Playing. I played a little bit and wrote a little bit, yeah. but I ended up spending a lot of my time wanting to learn more about...
1: The deep, deep <laughs> pit of knowledge of that is spirits knowledge. and beverages. Yes, yeah, yeah.
2: so, and then here we are.
1: <laughs> so, so, so <laughs> you came into here. Austin It's <laughs> a life
2: story, yeah. We're all
1: right, well, we're Not got, all no, of it. We're, we're
2: done. We're, it. we're done here. No.
1: <laughs> so, 2010, Austin is kind of ramping up in the cocktail scene yeah. lots of stuff percolating lots of things yes. into lots of personalities in the mix and kind of like starting to come into the scene what was your first gig when you moved to Austin Fino So Fino was it the first was gig. Okay.
2: Well I had a couple jobs that I took for a few months mm. that didn't end up working out um, and I yeah Fino was my first gig that I stayed at for a very long time and yeah. and Got very involved in. I was actually a hostess. Oh, I really? Know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I got hired as a hostess by Brian Stubbs. Stubbs, yeah. He was my. Did he have a
1: beard then, too? Has he always had a beard?
2: Yes, he did have a beard. And okay. why I remember this is because he had just gotten married a few months before so he had shaved and then let himself go (laughs) (laughs) once he was allowed to (laughs) um but my interview was with him and yeah and i ended up taking another job and which didn't work out and then i called him like a few months later on a like on a whim Mm. and was like hey do you remember me can you help me i need a job (laughs) And it ended up working out.
1: <laughs> it totally worked yeah. out.
2: Yeah, so I find that I find that a very serendipitous interview. Well, that's I'm how lots of that stuff works, right? Like, yeah. they
1: position you, and then you're working alongside Bill with Josh there. Josh yeah, there too. He was
2: just taking over for oh, cool. Bill at the time. And then I was
1: Francisco, of course, he
2: came later, later right? actually. Yeah. But the people I I remember hostessing, which. It, I forget, Fino's not there anymore, but um, you walk in and on the right is the host stand and then the bar is right behind. Mm-hmm. So when you're working at the host stand, you're basically on like a slow night or a lunch. You're working with, you're standing and hanging out with all the bartenders. Right, right. And it was, I mean, it was Josh and it was Bill and Houston Eves. Houston worked at Fino? Houston worked Holy there. Shit, like, I have no idea. <laughs> yep, just he worked today lunches. Too, happy birthday, yeah. Houston. And Brian Dressel. Dressel worked at Fina? Yeah. This my yeah, my dude. mind is just being blown <laughs> here. Yep, and I, I can't. If anybody else was there, I, don't get mad at me, but those are the the ones I remember. Remember, Aaron Reed. Well, Aaron Reed came in eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a yeah. It's the and Clinton it's Dean, who's from who's at Lenoir for a while now at Daidoué, He no was there. You. Yeah.
1: It feels like. The the birds like kind of pre Zeppelin, right? Like you get yeah. these players like Jimmy <laughs> Page and everybody's like they're just doing their thing. They don't really break huge, but Mm-mm. then that next step from was every single of these people was huge.
2: huge. Yeah, yeah,
1: meteoric rise. It
2: was, and I got to watch it all from my it was So amazing! <laughs> I always think I was really lucky that I I moved when I did to be able to kind of get in on that to watch all of that happen. It was yeah. pretty. It was pretty cool.
1: It was a monumental Experience. phase in this whole the the whole lifecycle yeah. of Austin cocktail culture.
2: Yeah, you which know. is kind of crazy to think because I, I see what everyone's doing now, and I'm just like I can't believe that five years ago I was
1: <laughs> five years <laughs> watching
2: them. It was five years ago, yeah. yeah. And then they all went off to do really cool stuff, bigger and better thing. I I went. I eventually got behind the bar there at Fino. You? How did and,
1: you feel being making that transition from? Hostessing to bartend. right well
2: i start. i did it was a slow transition i went from hostess to server mm-hmm. to bartender um and it's exactly what i wanted to do yeah. i knew it it was kind of i had been in the restaurant industry but never fell in love with it fully until i discovered this whole kind of cocktail wine right. spirit world was there something that And then it was kind of my it was just i fell in love and i was Oh. Was
1: there anything you tasted that really made it come into it came came into light and kind of gave you some clarity? Because there's always some sip, you know, not that that it's the only one, but there's something that's like, oh shit, I never thought about this before.
2: Uh, I, you know, I feel like it may have been a rum, but I can't remember which one it was. Yeah,
1: but there was some rum. There
2: was some rum. There was it was probably an Agricole because I have a love for that to this day mm. and maybe and i strongly remember Heyman's old tom Jin. yeah i do
1: killed it and just kind of opened or it was mind ransom to... or something like that and i yeah.
2: think i just you know got into i just thought what they were doing was just so cool yeah and i like wanted to I wanted to. Be, I wanted to. Do I wanted to do this. So getting tossed,
1: <laughs> getting tossed into the cave. It is midnight cowboy. Yeah. Like how was that? Being it? so. I mean, it was a boy. Oh, club.
2: it was. Well, that was fun for me. Um, it was. It was actually a weird transition because I worked behind the bar at Fino, and that was great. Mm-hmm. And then I started selling spirits. So for virtuoso with yeah, John Garrett. yeah. John, yeah. yeah. And uh, I did but that. You,
1: but you did that. If but, I recall you had done some some work at Minnet Cowboy, then transitioned, right? Or did you do Virtuoso no, first? No,
2: not yet. I did virtuoso oh, first. Oh, no kidding. Okay. And then I realized that sales was just not my bag.
1: Break your back, man. Was my yeah. bag.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is fine. It's for it's for some people. It, it was not for me. Yeah. And I missed the other side a lot. Yeah. um i would go visit accounts and i would be jealous of people that i saw behind the bar and i was like i think i need to
1: it's calling your name again
2: so i got in touch with brian dressel and they had been open for a few months and so i got back, back behind the night cowboy and the was... most
1: cavernous of places in austin Ooh,
2: yeah i mean yeah i mean it was kind of, it was really cool because i felt like i learned cocktails kind of all over again um you know, I feel like every place that you go to and every bar you work in and every person that you work under, mm-hmm. it kind of, you learn something different from every place oh, yeah. that you work in. And I'm sure that goes for a lot of people, but I worked in many different places and they all taught me very different things.
1: Which and makes, just, if you think about it, how dissimilar all the lessons are, you become yeah. much more enriched as a Absolutely. result. Absolutely. Right? you're this culmination of all of those
2: Of, things. you know, volume and technique. And everyone, every bartender I've ever worked with has taught me something different or new or has had their own spin on things. And you get to kind of take it all in and mm-hmm. learn something new and take it as you go and then kind of create your own, your own style. But um, it was cool. I remember working my first day at Midnight Cowboy. I worked at the cart with Stephen Robbins.
1: Stephen. Yeah. Wonderful gentleman. Who I love. Gentleman.
2: I love dearly... Um yeah. and uh yeah it was it was Josh and Adam Bryan and uh all those guys I
1: reinforced this phrase but it was the dream
0: team.
2: It was pretty awesome. they are was, they're all they're still really really good friends of mine and I it was it's it's definitely hard I mean to be a female in that kind of setting I believe. Yeah, what a whole other conversation. I mean it's a whole no, like. other conversation I it
1: is but but what I'll never Yes, please pour pour some more female,
2: Females in the bar industry. Oh no, we
1: <laughs> no, we have to talk about that because I don't I don't know right. I'll yeah. never know unless I have some specific kinds of surgery. What it takes, like, <laughs> but they'll still know me as Mike from before. So then there's some bias, but maybe how is it <laughs> <He's> successful? <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> how is it being? Because <laughs> you, it was Jen there yet?
2: Yeah. Yes. So, there either were two yes, females. I believe so. Yeah. Who's uh, also wonderful.
1: Right. It's great. But, yeah. J- j- what's the.
2: Jackie. Jacqueline. Jacqueline, yeah, right? Yeah. She's she there, there. She was a hostess. She was a hostess, there. hostess. Yeah.
1: So, but you're outnumbered. Oh, yeah. I mean, and these guys are. I feel like
2: we still are. Oh. I mean, I'm not even. I'm not to Nick Bargain anymore, but. Um, but still, like, just generally yeah, speaking. For sure.
1: But. It, how do those nights go? Because for me, it seems like, oh, it's really great. I'll sit and I'll, I'll drink with all these guys. But I can't imagine. I, I They're not. Mis- I want to use the word misogyny, but I don't ever pick that up with these guys.
2: No, you know no. I mean? like, it was so never cool like that. They're
1: so open. But it is inherently you have this energy of this masculine energy that's in it. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a fucking massage parlor, for God's sake. <laughs> it's in the wall, you know?
2: uh yeah it's it's different. i mean n- none of them were ever no like that i mean like i said if anything you know i am still close and got i was really they they became some of my best friends sure. here in austin and if more than anything became it became more of a brotherly sisterly protective right type, right. type of relationship more than anything um but you know, but working in the bar industry as a female in general, I think is just is just very difficult, and not in a sense of working in that environment, but you do have to kind of there are conversations you get left out of you you know you it's definitely boys clubbish yeah. it can be um and you do have to kind of you know you have to drink with the boys and you have to do the things in that. I don't think is necessary and I think it kind of sucks sometimes. But um I think that was always kind of a thing. I always enjoyed that, so it never became <laughs> so a problem for me. Right, yeah. Um but you did. I felt like you were kind of always under under a watchful eye nah, a little me. bit. Because in a um, way, like so And you kind of I think you have to prove yourself a little bit harder. Right. I right. do. Yeah. And um and you know, a lot of people say like, Oh, as females just do just do the work and you'll get and you'll get
1: the recognition, whatever. Right? Yeah.
2: But I think I do feel like you have to work that much harder. I think you have to work a little bit harder. I think yeah. you have to, you know, bring your skills to the table and show people that you're serious and mm. and and that this is something that you want to do. I think that was also a hard thing to prove. Was you know that you're just doing this because. It's a cool thing to do or because you want to be part of the boys club or you want to do something and it's yeah. proving your actual love for the craft was, I think, really a difficult thing and, and you know, they're all, They're I mean, they were wonderful, but it, it's it,
1: just a, an implicit dynamic.
2: Yeah, I think it just happens and yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad thing to recognize, really. Like no, I think that it's, it's, a, it's a
1: conversation. You <laughs> have to have that conversation. I agree with you it, yes, know?
2: absolutely. Like, it,
1: it is different, and I so I'm not behind the bar. I'm not legally allowed to be. That's my my boilerplate statement yep, is that I've I'm not allowed that. to be. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I I can't imagine. I just can't imagine.
2: Well, it's it's just such. A, I mean, they so. I feel like it's such a layered conversation, especially having had worked for. Worked with all of these guys yeah. and watch their dynamics with coworkers and regulars and customers and then mm-hmm. then have try and then your dynamic with everyone around you is right. different and is something else that you have to kind of navigate on your own. Yeah, um, you know, in the way that you're perceived or the way that you want to. You know, when you're working at night and you're working in a place where, you know, there's alcohol involved right. and when you're, you know, there's that whole aspect of it, which, which you know, you have dealing with like men regulars who drink too much right. or being the girl who has to cut somebody off or, you know, and there's, it's just, it's just a very interesting dynamic. I think about it a lot and have always wanted to do more or, or you know, further the conversation. But there are some really, I mean, it's more prevalent now than I think it was. A few years ago, I mean, with like, you know, girls crushing it at like drink well and, yeah, you I know, mean, a, like, that's I mean, the happen. girls yeah. are, you know, my girls at Key are crushing it behind the bar now that yeah. I, you know, and I um, hope to see more of that. And I think people are really finding a love for it. But I think, you know, how many of those women have to like start getting their name out there and what do they have to do to do that is do you think always it's, a good question, you know.
1: Do you think it's more uphill for them?
2: Yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because it's a boys club.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you have to fight a lot of misconceptions, fight a lot of different kind of problems behind the bar. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's always, um, you know, finding regulars, finding people that want to come see you. I think, you know, having people go see female bartenders is a little bit more tough as a Regular, yeah, a lot of regulars I see were just fell in love with the boys I worked with, but mm-hmm. sometimes didn't want to give me the time of day. Or there's still a lot of that, like have the bartender pour me a whiskey, and you're like, have him pour me a whiskey, and Man. you're like,
1: <laughs> as you
2: frown, <laughs> That's my face, yeah, sorry, you yeah. can't see my face on a podcast, but <laughs> those are my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Throat
1: brow, they would say. Yes.
2: Actually, yeah. So, I mean, I th- I think those are the things that kind of uh, face female bartenders these days. I think it's better. I think there's more of us, and yeah. I think there's strength in numbers, which is exciting. And there's women that are out there like doing it, doing the career, and running can,
1: things behind the crushing scenes, crushing it. You <laughs> know, I, I think of Lindsay Johnson, like yeah, because she is a. Titan, and that, that was the word. I I stick to that. I posted mm-hmm. the word Titan. I'm gonna stick to that word. She is so entrenched in the intelligence, and she knows everybody. But she connects people together. Like you, mm-hmm. there's no stronger personality yeah. in the industry, and it, that's an amazing model, yeah. amazing uh, person to look up to. You know, yeah. for for anybody, for me too, because she's just she's so good. She's yeah, got, she's charismatic and intelligent, business savvy. I mean, shit. It doesn't matter if it's guy or girl, like that's an amazing Yeah.
2: And I think I just you know, I mean we're still we're still fighting the good fight in every every career possible out there. I still think there's a glass ceiling. (laughs) We've only been doing things now for what, like sixty years. So just about I mean we still have some work to do and I think in the industry it's you know, there's a lot of issues in the way people look at women and, and the way they get hired and and what they get hired for, and and I think there's a lot to prove sometimes, but I think it's getting easier, which is yeah. exciting. And I think there's more of us out there, which is also exciting. And I very think, much so. Yeah.
1: So it's changing. So I, that's, think so. That's I think so. I think so. Positive thing, right? I like, think it is. Yeah. It is still this implicit dynamic. It is a boys' show, and lots of the lots of the markets and stuff in Austin do, but it's improving.
2: Yeah. I'd definitely love to see more female beverage professionals like, get more press. Yeah. I feel like yeah, yeah. I feel like guys get a lot more than some of the girls that are currently in the industry. Given do. there's lots,
1: oddly enough, most of the the, the, the food writers are female too.
2: Yeah, in yeah, in Austin anyway. That's I can vouch yeah. for that. But, um, you know, I'd love to see more of that, more focus on what they're doing, and even just people you know behind the bar that aren't necessarily have a title. Yeah. I think that's important too. Um, there are people running the show behind, you know, that go in every night and create great cocktails, and their cocktails are on menus, and they're charismatic and wonderful bartenders. But because they don't have a title or a business or anything, pay no mind. Pay no mind. You Media know? man. I think we need to. So, so it's good.
1: That's. You're absolutely right.
2: Maybe yeah. May, no, I'm may, maybe. maybe I'm right. <laughs> You know, I, I'm not going to say it, but, but it's possible. I'm, I'm right. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, so uh, as somebody that has worked with all of these wonderful men, you know, you do get kind of a little, you get shoved aside a little bit, but, you know, as long as you put, you know, keep your head down and keep working and, you know, I'm going to keep fighting the female good fight. If do, you, do you feel like that? Uh,
1: if do you feel like you can you can be a mentor to younger people, younger females in the industry?
2: I would love to. Be. Yeah. I don't know. Are there if any programs like... out? I don't know, but that's a fantastic idea, Mike. I mean, yeah, all right. <laughs> no, I'm going to I'm pen here.
1: I'm going to I gonna know this now. No,
2: that's something that I kind of have been really I've been thinking so much about. I I love the beverage industry very much. I love what I do. And maybe you know, maybe it's my Jesuit education speaking here. Mm. But the things that really really fascinate and interest me are are those underlying issues and that we deal with yeah in what we do that i would love to start bringing a little bit more to the conversation or the forefront or, i think it's
1: i think that's great
2: the plan I'll, I'll figure it out somehow it's but. always about the vehicle like <laughs> so what's the
1: vehicle to bring that forward and in a sense like maybe that's one of the reasons that i want to have the podcast i want to talk to people is just you know, you think we think we're talking about booze, right? It's like it's almost like the yeah. Spain switch, right? Where I'm like, oh no, it's well, a show I had about a booze,
2: feeling. Too. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've but
1: listened to a couple or two.
2: <laughs> a couple or two. Yeah, no. From what I understand, you to a couple.
1: but it, but it's not about that. It's not about booze. It's about people in this industry. In any, it could be any any industry. It could be the steel industry. It doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. It's people being creative, people being driven, and people trying to coexist. Yeah. And that's oh, all that cool. it is. Beautiful, you know, that's it, and so (laughs) (laughs) yeah, one of those moments. (laughs) So, so actually, let's take this moment because it's a a wonderful stopping point, or at least the pause to talk about the bottle that you selected, Ah, which is an amazing bottle. If they had put it out in a 750, I'd be a lot more (laughs) happy. I only have a 20 to 375. No, it's Fine, course. You're not in town very often, so I am you not. get a pass on I'm
0: this
2: one. <laughs> it's like
1: someone else came over that I see all the time and drink <laughs> half the bottle, I would probably break them over Sorry. the cold But this is the Eric Bordelay.
2: Yes, That's it's the I'm Eric Bordelay Calvados.
1: Fifty three percent ABV, eighteen months single yes.
2: cask too.
1: And yes. what do you think?
2: It's delicious. Yeah. It is delicious. Little, you can definitely get the age on it though. Yeah. Uh the wood kind of notes definitely come out. Um, I was curious about this bottle though because I am working now uh, in Houston, and my boss David Keck and uh, has been talking. <laughs> we have Eric Bordelais. We have his ciders mm-hmm. at the bar, and he's been mentioned. He's mentioned this Calvados a few times, and I uh, haven't yet been able to try it. Um, and so we had a lot, I was. Listening to a long conversation about how, you know, the interest in like finishing and and how you finish spirits rather than the spirit itself. Right. I've heard some rumors about Eric Portale coming out with some other things. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So I think that's always an interesting conversation too. So yeah. I was curious. I haven't had the Calvados yet, so I saw it on the saw it on the shelf. The and wall. Said, Boom. The Wall of Fame. <laughs> Boom. I'm gonna try that one because I haven't been able to yet. So. so
1: how do you feel the age rounds out the fuminess of the apple brandy
2: i like it i think it brings out like a lot of weight yeah definitely mellows out the uh the apple the punchy you can still get it though you you. totally yeah it kind of mellows out the tartness and that kind of like mealy like straight malic yeah. thing that yeah, you get yeah, yeah, yeah. when you kind of have like tart wines or, or tart apple brandy. Mm-hmm. It's really nice because it kind of rounds it out and makes it a little bit more baked. Yeah. Kind of makes it a little a bit perfect more baked
0: character. It.
1: Rounds it, caramelizes it yeah. All yeah. it. yeah,
2: especially with kind of the oak aging. So it's lovely. And for the 53. oak isn't too much no. either. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wouldn't even been able to tell that that was 53. Which yeah, is yeah, I mean, it I feels 40
1: 42, 45. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another my- half of another <laughs> hundred milliliters of... No, it's 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 beautiful. It's one of the the expressions of Calvados that opened my mind to its to capacity to be different. Yeah. You know, I've had a lot of Calvados, but this is just exceptional. Yeah. And I hope there's more of it to go around because it's really something lovely yeah. people need to, to get. Yeah,
2: but that's the thing about really, really small producers is that there isn't a lot. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I know. I, the guys I know that have it, they're not opening it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, if I die tomorrow, yeah, I'm on a downward whatever. spiral course in life. What do I? I, mean, I don't want to keep any bottles sealed up on the the yeah, counter no, I'm there. Not
2: leaving that for my kids. Yeah, no way, Please. kids, kids, what?
1: What? <laughs> Terrible. So, for Midnight Cowboy, you went to Key, right, with Justin? No. Uh, was there God, another? I was actually,
2: stuff? I was kind of all over the place. This was my period of bartender um i was wonderlust yes pretty much i went i actually went to contigo and i was there attending bar for a while even
0: there
1: at that point
2: yes i did i worked for him at contigo you do yeah Yeah, i know it's one big small incestuous family that we we are terrible
0: people (laughs) incestuous i have worked with all of them at a
2: million different places um but I did work for Steven. I was there for, and kind of did a little moonlighting at a few places, mm-hmm. uh, Eastside Showroom and uh, Weather Up, actually. Oh, okay. I was kind of cocktailing there for a little bit. Um, I loved Contigo. I loved my time there. I loved working for Steven. And then I just got the offer to work um, at Key. So I took it. And, yeah. It's a great uh, program over there working. at that point. Yeah.
1: Michael Simon over there then? Or he he was. Already? He yeah.
2: started I started with him, but he left shortly after. Yeah, Um, yeah. It was it was very interesting just to open up a place of that caliber. Oh man, no kidding. Being part of the opening staff—that was. Did you feel
0: the
1: expectations?
2: Because
0: I could even feel it. Oh
2: gosh, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was one of those things where you got offered that job and you, there was no, there was no option to say no.
1: Right. You know. You. you, Yeah, you you have to. Yeah. Do you want to be um, on the the All Star team?
2: Pretty much. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. He says was, no to that. I says no, I don't know. To that. Yeah. I did not. Um, so, but it being part of that opening staff was definitely an experience that I don't think I'm ever going to have again. It was it was definitely a learning experience. Yeah. And a really cool, cool environment. I mean, and I mean, I ended up meeting June. Mm-hmm. Well, I had known June before, but uh, getting to work with her that was part of. A huge reason why I wanted to work there was to kind of expand my wine knowledge and and behind the bar as well. I mean, it was just, and then chefs and food, which I yeah. always had a huge...
1: amazing food. Though. It was just, it was a... Everything, right?
2: It was just you, yeah, and still to this day, I can't believe that I've worked with some of the people that I worked with over there. But um, I definitely had a great relationship with Justin, and that's where that kind of started, which was really... Yeah. Nice and wonderful guy. For I him again. was okay. was awesome. So, uh, so more bo- than awesome. I mean, I have a lifelong brother out of that out of that guy. I'm actually begging him to go out with me after this we'll see if you bet he better i'll, th- I'll call that's him what too. i told him i'll reinforce it i'll better. call him and tell him
1: nothing <laughs> to listen to me but um, call, his- call allison call his wife oh and i will would- oh yeah that that's how that's, that's how idea. you yeah it's
2: not a bad idea go around
1: him <laughs> go to the real boss <laughs> yeah
2: truth um
1: <laughs> so what so uh, so what yeah. i knew of this recent or the most recent chapter is you moved to Houston? Did you mm-hmm. move to Houston to accept a job, or did you just move out there to see the opportunities? No, around?
2: it was actually pretty, also weirdly serendipitous kind of mm-hmm. thing that happened. I, um, well, first of all, Francisco had moved out to Houston mm-hmm. about a year and a half before I did. Um, were you guys so we were dating at that we point. We were, okay. yeah. So stuff? we were long distance. Um, And I was at Key, and and we decided to do long distance because I had taken the beverage director position and was excited about that. He got a job uh, at the Pastry War, and we both wanted to take advantage of the opportunities. and So we did it for about a year and a half, and after about a year, the time had come to make a change (laughs) in that whole situation. So I had reached out to um, David Keck, who is a pretty um, all-star wine dude uh-huh. in Houston and all over? Um, and he was the only one I really wanted to work for. <laughs> That's good uh, though.
1: Don't just keep it yeah, specific. It right? was.
2: I was pretty adamant about wanting to work for him and him only. Like I, I knew that I wanted to move to Houston. I was mm. ready for a change. I was ready personally for a change. I was ready to be with Francisco and. Uh, I reached out to David and I, I begged him for coffee, kind of put out the feelers, and was like, so I'm kind of thinking about moving to Houston. What do you think? You so have she any- So about it, like, you know?
1: oh yeah, you know. Uh, what, do
2: you, what do you think? I could admit this now, but I was at coffee just being like, what do you have going on, <laughs> well, What about other people? Anything else? Anyway, let me know how your thing goes right. in a few months <laughs> Um and you know he had written me an email and just said that there wasn't a spot, so I was kind of trying to figure out my plan and figure out what was next. And I got a phone call from him in in June, I think, and he said, "Hey, I have a I have an opening. Yeah. Can you do you want to stage and see how you like it?" And so I went, and
1: it's like everything's turned up, was, Rachel. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> I
2: did it." I tell him to this day, I was like, "I stalked you until I got got that job." <laughs>
1: You know, you don't have to tell them that.
2: It's fine. I told them
1: that (laughs) It's one of those, uh, an open and honest policy that we have. Trade secrets is what it is. Stocking is a trade secret.
2: Stocking is fine. Yeah. Um, no. So you've been uh, there since June? And I've been, no, and then I moved to in September because I tried to, you know, scale out of the program at Key as Mm -hmm. best as I could and, um, and, you know, move and do all those things. It wasn't a huge move, but, Took a few months to get my things together and put everything in order and headed out. It started in the middle of September. So I am mm-hmm. working with wine solely, which is wine. fascinating.
1: What is, tell me, I don't know, I remember the name of the spot that you're at. Camarada. Camarada, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, What's the concept there? So
2: they've been open for about two and a half years. And uh, there is a restaurant next door called Polly's. It's been around for about 20 years. Wow. And the owner there, Paul and David Keck, decided to do this wine bar. And it is just, uh, it's, on Mon- it's in Montrose. And David is fighting the good fight for the wine side of things. Wow. You know, small producers, natural producers, um, you know, just gets in cool bottles. He's all about education. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he started up a... You know Houston Psalm Association with a bunch of other people. He's huge in the Texan world. Uh, you know helps with that. He's just he's all over the place. I can't even list his
1: pedigree. His, his pedigree, and yeah. I just
2: really wanted to learn from him. So I was ready to move into the wine side of things, and I wanted to move to Houston, and I wanted to learn from him. So, so you did it. I did it. That's <laughs> amazing.
1: So you've been there since so September. I've been so. there
2: since September. Yeah so here's it's a, great
1: it sounds like an amazing thing you've got a lot of accolades for this too like people they, they just they love they love you that you're oh, on the imbibe what was it? top geez, 50 list 75 75 <laughs> just to make it 50 just kidding <laughs> i better the when there's 50. less people <laughs> 25 less people some some schmoes it's like 10 yeah. i
2: don't know <laughs> how,
1: does, how does that feel to like kind of be recognized by the industry
2: Oh, it feels cool, but it you know, it's it's a it's a half and half kind of thing. I feel like it's one of those things where you know, you've been working your butt off for a really long time and mm. part of you is like, oh, yes, thank you. That's amazing. I'm honored. Thank you." And then there's part of you that's just like, "I need to do more." But that's yeah. just probably part of my personality. That's what ambition um, is, I think. Yeah, where you know, it, you put your name out there, and you're like, it's just I need to work harder. Yeah, it's <laughs> it puts never good a little enough. bit more pressure on yourself to kind of it, be like, well, I want to do more, more, things.
1: right? But it, it's weird because I don't know where that stems from, right? Because you do great things, like man, if you just stopped right now, people would be like, you did some great things. You're doing great things, but that is not enough. Not
2: enough. It's simply not <laughs> because you,
1: one, you're, you're not continuing to learn because you have to keep continuing yeah. to learn. You have to keep exposing yourself to risk. Be fearful because you have to just do these next things, you know. And that's absolutely that's what creates brilliance and excellence. Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was kind of my, you know. It's it's cool and it's awesome, and I'm surprised by it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited, and I just get more excited to. The reason why I get excited about it is because I hope that it can allow me to talk about other things like we talked about, like female in the right. industry, mental health in the industry, things like that that are really, really important to me. It just makes me realize that I want to work on that and have a voice for that a little bit more for you know small producers, sustainability, sure. all those things that matter to me. I get kind of like, oh, that's awesome. Now I got to do something with it. Yeah, and it's funny so, because
1: you, I think you realize that being an influencer, right, being top 75 through and by, whatever it may be, that gives you the appropriate platform to talk yeah. about those other things. Because without it, you could still talk about it. But those things that put you on a national scale, that's what really helps yeah. elevate your message.
2: Sure. Yeah, you know? I know. So, yeah, that's. I think that's probably where it comes from. You yeah. Where you're just kind of, you look at stuff like that and you're like, thank you. <laughs> thank you, for, <laughs> thank you, you know? so much. Yeah, thank you so much. But yeah. now I got to, oh crap,
1: I got to get to work. But now I got to um, work hard. I got to
2: get to work. <laughs> right. What's next? What's yeah. next? Yeah. What's next? Right. You know, yeah. and I don't know if that's a, uh, you know it's just it's just way it's always kind of been but it hasn't yeah. been a bad thing so far
1: <laughs> and you so, this is still you're you're still relatively young right yeah i'm going to be
2: 30 in a, about a month, <sighs> month. 30, 2 huh? months 2 wow, months how old you are rachel <laughs>
1: jeez <laughs> The
2: big 3 that's, that's not old.
1: <laughs> to think of what Sorry, you've accomplished guys. in this short amount of time <laughs> and have that reputation and the, the accolade from your community in the industry. You're not even 30. <laughs> Shame on you.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just turned 36. I'm going to bet this. And it's like, I, I, you know i feel like i've done some stuff Thanks, but Mike. but i'm 30 i'm closer to 40 than you are i mean you're close to 30 but 40 is way worse <laughs> it's way worse i haven't thought about that yet. yeah i mean I gotta, talk to, <laughs> I gotta talk to some people you know they're a little bit older than me like i think bostick's a couple years older than me yeah those guys approaching 40 what do you do then
0: jesus
2: uh, i don't know i don't even want to think about it's it. ner- it's yeah, that's a tough thing. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet.
1: <laughs> well, Hopefully so
2: the, continuing to feel the same way. Continuing to feel I like we need to happens. do more. Yeah, My mom
1: tells me all the time, you know, she's going to be 70 this year. No, 69 this year. and or No, 70. Shit, 70 this year. And she says, you know, I look in the mirror and I feel exactly the same as I did when I was 18. I just am not in the same body anymore. Aww. And I'm like, it's... That's Sad, kind of, but it's also amazing that you can keep that same yeah. level of mental acuity and that same mm-hmm. vivaciousness of youth. You know? Yeah, my Which grandfather are,
2: used to say that. He used to really? Say, it's not. What did he say? It's not as old as you are. You're as young as you feel, or something. Like yeah. That. yeah. Oh, I love that though. <laughs> totally and he was like that. 92, like doing laps at the Y. Oh, that's amazing. He was that's eating incredible. meatballs and pasta, and spaghetti every day.
1: Well, you have to go to the Y if you're gonna do that. <laughs> So the ying and the yang. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so
1: the the last question that that I've got for you, and I try to have more wine people on. Like i have been yeah. talking to June. I'm going to have June on Good. Like Paula Paula Restaurant. Both. Recently, which is people wonderful. that I look up to. Yeah, amazing. Immensely. Just great influences and yeah. um, people to look up, mentors in this industry. Wine. Why do you think? And this isn't all people by any means, but why do you think it's so implicitly snooty? And that people are just so... They're so arrogant about wine. What is it about wine that maybe encourages people or just gives them this credence to just be so arrogant about stuff? I think Mm -hmm. about a couple people that I know in town and... You know, and... That's
0: a good question.
1: But luckily, you know, the arrogance... One of the places just closed down. So maybe the arrogance, you know, maybe it it took its toll.
2: I don't know. I mean... Oh god that's a really hard question because Is i that, kind of i don't know i actually don't know do you and have i this, wish like it was clear?
1: cuz maybe i'm biased right maybe maybe that's it maybe no, i'm just no i
2: mean the song world's pretty competitive and yeah. i think that comes out a lot um more so more so than i've seen in the Bar industry, actually.
1: yeah. There we go. There's a definitely a there's a
2: competitive nature to it, mm. and I will say, like the the work that people put in, especially for you know certifications and things like that, is intense. I mean, I'm working on I'm working on it. I'm in the court. I'm working on my level three, yeah. And the things that I you need to learn are insane, insane. Yeah. So what these people know is It's insane. They have an incredible immense amount of knowledge right but i don't think that that should ever the i think what we are as professionals is more of a vehicle to i mean get people to like the things that we like in a way to in a in a way that we can communicate with them why they should be drinking this or why they would like it or to let us like be in our hands, please. Right. Because right. you're not exposed to a lot. And that's okay. That's what we're here for. That's what our job is, is to kind of expose you to this world and talk to you about it in a way that you understand. Mm-hmm. Because that's my job. Yeah, it's that's about what
1: I do. Them and their what they're open to versus you and your yeah. your agenda. Absolutely. Right?
2: Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like you can Get people to enjoy the really geeky things that you want them to like, or the, or the things that you're into, yeah. by also finding bridge wines and and talking about it in a way sure. that is relatable. So I don't know you're why. To... I mean, I wish it wasn't that way. It is. It is, isn't it? Like it I, can be. It for can sure. be. And, and there I are just... times where I feel intimidated, and I'm in the I'm in the wine, I, you know, right? And you're there... a
1: notable figure in the world, in the wine world. <laughs>
2: But and I feel intimidated half the time going into places not knowing certain certain things. Yeah, but there's so much out there to learn, and I mean on that, I mean that's where I think education comes in and and communication and and knowing that what we do isn't about our egos and it's about about empowerment. the empowerment and it's hospitality an empower- at the end of the day, right? Education and empowerment, hospitality and. Guest interaction and making people feel comfortable and excited, right? And getting people as excited about these things as we are.
1: It's not about us.
2: No, absolutely. That's
1: the problem. It's not about us, right? It's about them.
2: What I think.
1: It's about the guest.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, that's the the job that we do at the end of the day. Whether it's booze or food or whatever, it's hospitality, right? I think that gets lost. It does a lot yeah, and i you know in... i'm
1: all over the place and <laughs> if i have an experience with someone who's gonna fucking peacock me you know i'm done past that i am <laughs> i am I'm done with that <laughs> i've had to deal with lots of shit in the booze industry I'm, regulations nope. production whatever and you're gonna sit there and peacock me so that's why i have just this little just this tinge tinge of negative energy towards a few people in the wine community. Now, they're males. So, all the females I've met that are See? amazing. No, okay. bre-
2: <laughs> See? Yeah, what the no, fuck, guys? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Yeah. You're in your boys club. That's right. No,
1: And I am a boy, I think. Or at least a man. <laughs> I'm at least a man, probably. Yes. Yes. So, but it's something... That, I
2: it's, don't know. But I think it's not... I don't think that that's... I, I think it's indicative of every industry yeah there are these people in every industry It's true there is the female male every industry Mm -hmm. in different ways like it's not just us in the booze right
1: and i'm not trying to to point fingers no i know but it's you know but you're right it it is it does it's
2: out there yeah no one's gonna deny that
1: well no one's stopping Uh, me here i can (laughs) say what i want it's nice (laughs) your
2: own damn podcast. It's my
0: house. You you
1: <laughs> oh, you're mad at me. I'm sorry. I'm
2: sorry. Um, but I do think that people need to start realizing that it's not. I think people need to start remembering that we're in the business of hospitality.
1: right? The business of people.
2: Yeah. And, and the innate kind of competition between people doing the same things as you are. And yeah. I know this is kind of a little out of place, but like. Also, what I didn't, like, as a female, that was huge as a female in the bar industry. With very little of us in the industry, mm-hmm. it gets competitive oh, in a weird way. Yeah. Like, in that kind of, like, way that you don't want people to point out that you're catty because you don't want to be that girl. Right. But for some reason, like, it's there because you're all vying for that top female position. Right. It's, you know, everybody's kind of vying for a little bit of something for themselves. But you know at the end of the day it's not what we It that isn't what we do
1: and that's not why we're here
2: no and you're either you know and I get excited to have that kind of stuff because I I want a platform to do more yeah and I hope that's why people also do it for you know I hope so I hope
1: so too I think ultimately that's why Mike. yeah I'm an optimist
2: <laughs> It's so, as, dreamers as, over as it here.
0: sounds. People <laughs> think I'm so cynical, but like, no. I love people. People
1: do good things. Yeah. And if nothing else, like being able to sit in this room and having wonderfully positive conversations with people. Yeah. That is inspiration for me. Just even taking it to the Absolutely.
2: next day to day, you know? Yeah. You know, so I hope, I mean, I, that's one thing that I've always kind of disliked about, about the industry a lot is the competitive nature and, yeah. I've seen it in both ways. I've seen it in the bar world. I've seen it in the wine world, too, where I have people have very much tried to make me feel inadequate or intimidated or whatever all, right. all the time. It and, happens everywhere. Yeah, and it does. and it's. But we can't be doing that to our guests, A, and B, like power in numbers, man. We could be doing so much more if we work together.
1: Instead of working against each other.
2: I know that sounds all... No, like dippy. No, <laughs> <Over here. laughs> it's totally true.
1: It's science, man. Just
2: stop it. You know, we want people to drink. You know, if we want to stop people from drinking their, you know, vodka martinis and their white zen mm. we got to all get on board here <laughs> and learn how to communicate yeah. and get people to want to try new things. It so totally does. And I mean, isn't that why we can't complain about all that and then not do anything about it?
1: That's what happens, though. <laughs> So, but we don't have to complain. I think you and I are very optimistic. I know we are, and we're trying to page. promulgate <laughs> a wonderful highbrow narrative and make it about other people because it's about them, not us. Agreed. So, thank you so much Amen. for drinking this 53% ABV. Thank you for letting confidence. me have to. <laughs>
2: I shouldn't say that because then everyone else who comes in will think they can have no,
1: it. No, no one's getting it now. It's
2: <laughs> off limits.
1: It's going into the pantry. Off.
2: Often than you, 86, borderless. Eric, mortally. <laughs>
1: but thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your thank trip. And you, Austin, Mike. Everything. I will.
2: It's a short one, but I am happy to be back.
1: I think it's going to be great. Thanks for chatting with me. <sighs> thank you, Mike. Talk this soon. This is great. Well, there you go. What do you guys think? Rachel is very bright. She's not even 30. She's a sommelier at Camarada in Houston, Texas. She was working at Key. She was working at Midnight Cowboy, Fino, all these wonderful spots. And she's not even 30. It makes me very optimistic about the future of this industry of hospitality. And I think there's a lot of people in their 20s really eager to put in the time and willing to do the work that it takes. But that that kind of a sign for a second. Rachel and I talked about something off the mic after the interview that struck me. And that is the pork roll. It's something that I, as an Austinite, do not fully understand And people from New Jersey have been talking about this phenomenon called the pork roll. Maybe I'm overselling it, but if anybody knows where to get a pork roll in Austin, Texas, it might be something worth exploring. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter what you're eating in New Jersey, how Italian you might be, or what kind of wine you're drinking, please keep dancing.